Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Jim, because there are so many types of sealants available, I would like to know which one is the right one for my brick. I have heard of repel but no longer finding it. I would like something with no color to apply onto brick window ledge and top of mailbox. The mortar on the mailbox is beginning to come loose so after it is repaired I believe it needs to be sealed against water for future. Looking forward to your suggestions and thanks for your show. Okay well Belinda I'll tell you what you need to do. Uh, you want to avoid any product that has wax in it and you can look at the ingredients for that but really if you go into white cap or their name now that they go by a lot is HD supply they got locations all over the place and just go in and simply ask for a masonry sealer they're gonna be clear you'll go you'll be able to put it into a pump-up sprayer and spray it onto the brick and uh, it'll take care of your moisture issues where moisture is penetrating into the brick and mortar. Uh, again, it's just a masonry sealer. Now, I know you can go into the box stores and get it, and you, you, know, you, you may think that you're doing okay. Go get the commercial stuff. I'm telling you, it lasts years longer and can do you a much better job. Uh, and that's the reason I'm recommending you go to HD Supply. They're a contractor supply store, but they will sell to the public as well that walks in. And again, that's HD Supply or uh, White Cap. It's the same place. It's it's just uh, they, they've kind of updated their name. Rick, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yeah, Jim, I'm fixing to build a new fence, and it's going to be seven foot tall, board on board. And I was wondering what type of wood that you recommend to use. Cedar. The the fence itself, the, the pickets should be cedar, but the, the rails, the two-by-fours and, and all that make that treated. But, you know, for a, for a fence that's going to look good and hold up for years, you can't beat cedar. When you use the treated, especially the longer boards like that, they warp, they twist, they just don't look good down the road. And then when you're finished with it, go ahead and put some ready seal on it. That's a stain and sealer and you'll have a fence that'll just look gorgeous for years to come. Richard in Dallas, welcome to WBAP. Thank you, Jim. Great show, by the way. Always listen to it. Thank you. Um, I have a question for you. I'm thinking about maybe putting a tankless hot water system under the kitchen sink to so we're not wasting a couple of gallons of water every time we turn the hot water on, you know, waiting for the water to come from the you know, water heaters through the pipes yep. and then into the sink. Um, is that a wise thing to do? And then if, uh, when the hot water does eventually make it from the hot water heater to the tankless hot water and goes through that, does that system turn off or will that superheat the water or is there any kind of conflict there? Uh, first of all, yes, you definitely can put a point of use tankless right. water heater underneath there. You just make sure you got electricity enough there to handle it. But other than that, uh, shouldn't there's no big trick to it uh, by any means yes they are they do have uh temperature sensors on them so when the water hits the temperature that you got the tankless set at it shuts off 
Okay, perfect. Uh, what I've got underneath the sink is a 110 outlet down there. Is that going to be sufficient to put a small unit down there with, or do we need to call an electrician in to – I don't think we can run new wires because that's an island-type uh, sink. Um, we may end up having to use that. Is that possible? Or? As long as it's a dedicated 110 circuit under there, which most of the time under the sink it is, it's dedicated for the garbage disposal, uh, you'll be fine. Uh, but if if there's other things on it, you may run into an issue where you're tripping the breaker. Yeah, I think it is dedicated. I think I see that just listed yep. uh, as a single breaker there. Then you um, should be fine. Okay, that sounds uh, great. That's like a do-it-yourself project, right? Pretty Maybe simple, yeah. They, 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 have the, they have the tankless for under the sinks as plug-and-play even. So, yeah, you should be fine with that. Just a, a little bit more on what's happening with uh, air conditioning systems. You know, the, first of all, they, they changed our coolants. And so the old R22 coolants went away. Yes, you can still get it, but it is so unbelievably expensive. And so we went with the new coolants. Now what what the energy people are trying to do is change the ductwork. Where we've been using flex duct for years, back in the 60s we used rigid duct. And then they started putting insulation on it. They found it easier to manufacture and install a flex duct. And they upped the R value on what the flex duct had to have. Now they're saying, no, we want to do away with the flex duct and go back to a rigid duct. And you're going to have to install it, get an inspection on it to make sure there's no air leaks. Then you will insulate it afterwards, get another inspection on it. And guess what? If you are retrofitting a house with a new air conditioning system, the way they've got it written right now, you will have to change the ductwork out in your house to this rigid duct. Now, there there are air conditioning associations that are trying to combat this to get it changed. But right now, the way they've got it slated, this is all taking effect in 2020. And it is going to drive the cost of getting a new air conditioning system put in your home astronomically up, as well as the amount of time it will take because it's not clear yet if they're going to let you start that system until it's passed all the inspections. And if you've ever called for an inspection in your life, you know that you call today for an inspection tomorrow or the next day. So not a good thing. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast. Now, I would love your help. If you enjoy listening to Texas Home Improvement anytime you want, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or elsewhere, leave an honest review and rating that lets others know about the show. We want your feedback. Let me know what you find beneficial and how we can make the super podcast even more, well, super. Help us reach more people and grow the show in Texas and beyond. Please visit iTunes or wherever you listen and leave us a review. So we're going to Cyprus. Gary, how are you today? Real good, real good, sir. Thank you. Uh, I've, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, one of them is I have a deck that is pretty good size, probably 40 feet by 30 feet, and uh, I've never done anything to it. You know, it was treated lumber uh, when I installed it, and I want to know what's the best thing I should do. Should I uh, pressure wash it and put some, like, Thompson's water seal product or... 
should I uh, pressure wash it and put some stain, or what do you how, recommend, sir? How old a deck is it? It's probably 10 years old. Okay. You know, at, at this point, yes, you'd have to clean it up, uh, and you can do it by pressure washing, but you got to be careful not to get too high a pressure onto the boards because it will start splintering up. Uh, they do make cleaners that you can put on it in order to make it look better. And then I would take a look at using Ready Seal on it. And Ready Seal is a stain and sealer in one because the fact that that wood's gotten kind of old that way, you're going to want to put something on it that puts color into it. And the Ready Seal stain and sealer will stain it, seal it all at once. So it's one easy application and you can roll it on or spray it on you don't have to bother brushing it on on that deck that way, and it makes it the application very easy. Okay. Uh, is it uh, thin enough to put in, say, like one of those Wagner power painters? Yes, you can. Sp oh. You can definitely spray it on. You can use a pump-up sprayer or Wagner sprayers, and oh. either one of them. Okay, and and you can get that at any of the builder supply. Yep, you can. Uh, I've seen it at Lowe's and Home Depot, Ace Hardware, Sutherland's, Eighty Four Lumber. Uh, all those places. Okay. All right. Good deal. I will give that a try. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, uh, we've got a bay house, and I see all these ads from places in Florida that have, like, hurricane roll-down shutters. Yeah. Or, like, the big window windows, you know, like 8 by 9 or something like that, the sliding windows. Yep. Uh, they have a place here in Houston area uh, that – uh, where you can go look at them uh, or have them made. I can install them myself, but yeah, I can't find anybody. <laughs> There's a company called Rolex Shutters. Rolex. Yeah, and okay. uh, they're they're actually over near uh, Pearland. Okay. And they make them there. Oh, okay. okay. And they can do, they can make them and install them for you. Uh, they they do they've been they've been around for years and uh, do a great job of it. Oh okay, fantastic. All right. Well, sir, you've answered all my questions. I really appreciate your time and and thank you so much for being there for us. You bet, and I appreciate the call. Faye, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. What can I do for you? Well, I uh, I'm looking at air conditioning systems. Uh -huh. um, we have a 2,500 square foot home, and the, it has two systems, and um, one of them is not working at all. And but they're both at you know over 18 years since they have been installed. Ah, so yeah. I I know it's just a matter of time for the second one. So yep. uh, looking to replace those, and wondering you know we've talked to a few people and just wondering. What are the most important things we should consider right now? Um, we've talked to people that, that sell the train uh -huh. system and, and also the carrier system. Okay, both of which are great brands. Uh, and, and I would really recommend that you stay in those upper brands like that. Is this a house you're going to be staying in? Yes. Okay. You know, so often people will try to buy a cheap air conditioner and it wears out prematurely. Uh, mm -hmm. If you stick with the big name brands like that, you'll get that life out of those air conditioners. 
The other thing, if you're going to stay in the house, the higher the SEER rating you buy, the the less that system's going to cost you to operate over the life of it. And that's something a lot of times people don't take into consideration enough. They'll they'll buy the minimum, like a 14 or a 16 SEER system, because a 18 or 20 SEER is going to cost them $2,000 more but in the first two years, the 2000 is saved in energy bills. And then from then on, for the life of that unit, you're saving money. So buy as high a SEER rating as you can. And really for comfort in your home, if you can look at one of the variable speeds, you mentioned carrier, look at the infinity system. Uh, mm -hmm. With that, you get better climate control because it it's on those variable speeds. They're typically running almost all the time but at a much lower speed, so it uses very little energy consumption. It has the ability to ramp up when it gets extremely hot or you have more people over or something like that. And then, uh, because it's running all the time, the humidity control is just exceptional on, on those type of systems. And, you know, like I said, Carrier Infinity is one type. Train has one. There's other manufacturers who have them as well, but... Uh, that's just the ultimate way to keep your house totally comfortable and the most energy efficient way to uh, to go. Okay, so those are really the two, uh, the most important things to be looking at here. Yeah. Now, the next thing you want to make sure of, because anybody can sell you a system. Uh, right. In other words, you're going to find... A lot of times people think, well, a carrier is a carrier is a carrier system. The installation process is what makes the difference as far as how efficient that unit's going to be in the long run. A poorly installed system where the return duct isn't big enough and things like that will not operate as efficiently or as long as a system that's properly installed. So you're going to want to check out your installation contractor as well. Okay. Okay. That's a lot. Thank you very much. Appreciate you bet. It. Take care. Ken in Tomball. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I've had uh, one of the Carrier Infinity systems for about 12 years and uh, really like it. Controls the humidity. Does a great job. Oh, they are. They're wonderful question, systems. Uh, I guess eventually it's going to go out. And I've heard about these systems that... You put the lines in the ground, and then it gets the coolness from the ground. And yep, a geothermal. Does, yeah. So, how do those work? Are they? I mean, are they good? Oh, those are those are uh, very energy efficient. But honestly, they're up around the same efficiency as the uh, mini splits or ductless type systems. Uh, the way they work is they're taking, you know, when you go deep down in the ground, it's a constant temperature, regardless of what it is up above. And so they cycle down through these pipes a fluid that is cool to the temperature that's in the ground. Yeah. And basically that circles circulates through your coils up top where the air blows across to, to move the temperature in the house to be in that temperature. It does reverse, they can do it for heating as well. But uh, cost-wise, they're very expensive to put in. However, 
and this is something that a lot of people don't take into consideration again, they last and last and last once they're in. They last forever. And I don't say they last forever, but the average life is 25 years. Oh, well. Now, the downside, there's not that many contractors who can work on them. But there are oh. enough, there are enough that you can have them and successfully use them. Are they free on systems? No. No, it's it's a it's kind of a gel-like material that runs through the pipes. Okay. And it's and it's literally just cooling that material down. So it's just using a pump, pumping it down into the ground. Correct. Now they do use a a uh, compressor type system because uh, if you're going to use it for heating, it uses a heat pump type system. You know that runs in reverse and everything. But right. Uh, yeah, they're they're they are great energy efficient type systems. Oh. Uh, I, do, I don't know if it matters, but I mean I do have five acres, so I've got plenty of room to run piping. It, it actually does matter because if it, if the lot is just a regular residential lot, um, you don't typically have enough space to do all the what's called uh, wells in order to make it work properly. Okay. And the wells are nothing more than holes that are drilled down the ground. And if you went back, say, 15 years ago, they were a lot of times only going down uh, 100 feet. Well, now I think the average is up around two or 250 because they found when it got real hot out, they were scorching the ground. And so they had to go deeper in order to keep from causing damage to the soil itself. Wow. So they actually have to drill a bunch of wells? Yes. For every ton of air conditioning you have, you will have one well drilled. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, and that's, that's where the expense comes in. Yeah. It's, it's okay. not the, the, the rest of the system. It's the cost of bringing in a drilling rig and doing the drilling. Pardon? So that's got to be tens of thousands of dollars. It, it does It does get pricey. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Bye. Now, uh, in, in their defense, I will say that they also do have, where if you've got a body of water, uh, where you can run it through the water as well. Uh, in order to cool the house, so that, but it 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 is a very unique, interesting system. Now this one's a little bit lengthier email question that came in. This is from Alex. I really enjoy your radio show, especially during winter when my truck radio will receive it well. Well, I will tell you, we're on year round, so you can tune in, and you know we're on different stations, but uh, nonetheless. My home is brick veneer. I have a two-car garage with an aluminum garage door with no windows in my house on the north side. My workbench is on the north side, northwest side of the garage. The washer, dryer, and water heater are on the southwest side of the garage, across from the workbench with five feet between them. There are no water or sewer lines on the northwest corner of the garage. The problem is that anything metal I put under the workbench begins to rust. There are no leaks on the appliances. I have lived here for over 30 years and the rusting comes and goes. Right now I'm in the no rust phase but it will soon return. That is the only place in the garage where metal rusts. I cannot figure it out 
where is the humidity coming from? Thanks for any insight you might have, Alex. And Alex is from Mission, Texas. Okay, well, Alex, I will bet money it's coming from the dryer. And the first thing everybody's saying is, but there's no water to the dryer. You're correct, there's not. But there's a vent hose on the backside of the dryer. And if that vent starts getting blockage and starts blowing some of the air into the garage, that is extremely humid air. And that would explain why you're only getting it periodically. On the times where it starts plugging up, you're getting moisture in the garage. When it's flowing the way it should, you're not getting moisture in the garage. Therefore, your tools aren't rusting like that. And I'll bet it has nothing more to do than outside the vent. Because I know I have the same issue at my house. When I go outside, I periodically have to take the screen off of the vent to clean the lint out. Even though you have the lint trap in the dryer itself, you still get quite a bit that will go through it. And that starts reflecting, restricting the airflow. And when the airflow gets restricted, it starts backing up. And when it backs up in that pipe, in the hose that goes out, if there's any holes in it, it blows it into the garage. Uh, even around where it connects on can leak and allow moisture to go into the garage. Uh, I, I, again, I would bet money that's what it is, especially since you say, one, it's only periodic, and two, there's no water leaks. Quite frankly, you probably would have less of a humidity issue if you had water leaks than you do with using the dryer that way. Because the, when it, again, when the dryer's on, the whole purpose of it blowing out, yes, it's blowing the heat out, but it's blowing the humidity out. It's taking the moisture out of the clothes and pushing it out that vent. And so that's more than likely what's going into your garage and rusting your tools. Uh, the simple fix is just, you know, once a week or month or whatever, you know, however, depends on the rotation, how often you're using the dryer and all that stuff. Just make sure that vent gets cleaned and that the ductwork for the vent, the vent uh, doesn't start backing up. And that'll take care of it for you. Rick, this is Jim. How can I help you? Uh, I have a detached garage. It's actually all bricked and everything. It's got a 10-foot sole plate, and I was going to insulate the door. And I never did have sheetrock put in it, so I'm going to insulate the walls and everything. And I'm trying to decide whether to put a window unit where I do have a window on the uh, south side or these ductless systems for efficiency. I won't be using it, but when I'm working out there in the summertime and as a hobby shop. So I don't know, maybe a window unit is fine. Well, a, a window unit will keep it cool, but you are 100% correct. It's, it's going to be a lot more energy efficient with a ductless system, to be honest with you. I'd bet if you put a ductless system in there, you'd probably keep it conditioned all the time because they the, the uh, ductless systems have a setting that's dehumidification. And so it's not going to necessarily cool it all the way down all the time, but it'll keep the air dehumidified to take better care of your tools and equipment in there. Well, it's a, like I said, it's got a 10-foot sole. It's a... I guess what a normal one-car garage width is, but it's a little deeper. It's maybe 26 feet deep. Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't know. I haven't gone to do any calculations and 
Uh, it sounds like uh, since the electricity and everything's there, I can run my own electricity to it. So the ductless, all I got to do is put a way for it to get the condensation outside, right? Correct. The, w the way these ductless systems work, you still have a small unit outside. You'll have a head unit that's hanging on the wall or a cassette that can go up into the ceiling depending on the use or, you know, the room and how you're going to set it up. But basically it drains outside uh, and that takes care of all the issues. You don't have to worry about it uh, having to have all the ducts run and all that kind of stuff. Now you do have two copper hose tubes that go from yep. the outside unit to the inside unit, but that's it. Okay. Now the other huge advantage you would have if you went with the ductless system, that's going to have heat as well. Oh, it's a and heat pump. It, it it well yes, so you can have heat and air at you know cool air, so it 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 gives you what you need year round for your shop. Huh. Okay. And uh, what carrier? Who who else makes those uh, that are is a good brand? Uh, Carrier makes them, Daikin makes them, Mitsubishi makes them, uh, Goodman makes one. And I will tell you, I, I have a Daikin, I have a Goodman, and I have a Carrier. And I put the Carrier in my house because it was quieter, more energy efficient, uh, and it just fit the bill better. Okay, well, I guess I'll just have to do, you know, the square footage, you know, 10-foot ceiling, I could probably put me, you know, 16 inch, inches of insulation in the attic, and I'll just put mat insulations in the wall, put sheetrock up. Yep. Uh, then I'll insulate that big because I got a big garage door uh, that goes up nine feet, and I'll insulate the back side of that door with some of that uh, aluminum board with aluminum uh, on either side of it and glue it. Yeah, off with like radium barrier. Yeah. Okay. Well. Sounds like other than, I mean, I could do all the insulation except other sweating the joints, I guess. I probably could do that, but i got to have a... Well, you're going to have to have an AC guy install the the system okay. because not only do you have to hook the tubes up and and all that, it has to be properly charged with, yeah. with the coolant and everything and set up properly. Well, I've got a good AC guy, so I'll, I'll talk with him. So I was thinking about just putting a window unit in, but now... Thinking through it, keeping humidity right, both heat and air. Um, that's, that's something to think about. Okay. All right. Are you, uh, hey, Rick, are you married? Yeah. Oh yes. Man, you you better put that heat and cool in there because that way you got some place to go when you're in the doghouse. <laughs> I guess I get a cot out there too, huh? Hey, there you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Ta thanks take care. Yeah, those ductless systems, they do work great. In fact, when I build my shop, I'm seriously, that's what I'm looking at, putting in it as well. Uh, a window unit will will do it. There's no no question about it. But I want if you think about it, you spend thousands and tens of thousands of dollars on your tools. And like the first email question I took for the show, he's got tools rusting. When you can have a ductless system, you can turn the temperature up, you can turn it on, dehumidify, and take great care of your tools for very little money. When you have a window unit, it's just too expensive to run to do that. So I, I definitely, in, in that type of situation, would take a look at, at the uh, ductless or 
what they call a mini split system. Now, people are going to tell you, yes, it's more expensive. You bet it is. But what are your tools worth and what is your comfort worth in the long run? On a window unit, you'll probably be replacing that window unit every three to five years. When you put in a mini split system, the average life of those is like 25 years. So start putting numbers together, energy consumption and all that stuff, or the life of it, you're better off with the mini split system. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.